Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Jamie from PETA. Jamie, it's really nice to have you on. Thank you very much, Brad. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Can you tell the uh, the listeners here a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you're doing, and a bit about your company? Sure. Yeah. My name's Jamie Garrett. I head up the sales division of Peter Training and Consultancy, which is a non nonprofit charity based on the south coast of England. We're a stakeholder-based organization who was set up in the very early 70s to drive business prosperity. And we were set up by a network of organizations down in the local area to deliver training into obviously companies' key assets, which is their people, developing and improving organizations in that way. So we're quite a unique organization. What we do is a little bit different to your classic kind of training consultancy and the label around that kind of corporate drive. But it's something that we partner with organizations such as Airbus, Boeing, BAE Systems, um, PAL Europe and, and PAL Corporation nationally. So some really big multinational names, as well as obviously the local SMEs in the local area also will benefit from the similar kind of solutions that we deliver. Nice. I love that. And you're telling me you've really built up the sales arm of this organization. I'd love to just hear a bit about that and what that journey looked like. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've been a a sales professional for 23 years now. Started out pretty much from my exit of university. And my motivation has always been to to be the best in the room, as you typically are as a sales professional. So I joined the organization two and a half years ago when the CEO had decided, the new CEO had come in and decided they wanted to move from quite a reactive organization to a proactive business and take the opportunity of kind of, the company was a bit of a sleeping giant, really, with this incredible reputation, this fantastic customer base, but no proactive sales strategy. And so over the last two years, I've built and developed a sales team now, which initial target was to get through COVID and come out and return to pre-COVID levels, which we managed to achieve within a six-month space through some really driven proactive sales strategies. And now we're on a five-year transition to double and and ideally further and beyond that, the size of the business to take us to a national organization. Wow, I love it. What were the first things that you put in place when you came in? Was it hire a team, build a process? What did that look like? I think the key thing is when you're developing a sales strategy in an organization that hasn't really had a clear and defined one in the past is recognizing that proactivity and what we initially referred to as that kind of low-hanging fruit. So we looked at the quality of the account management that we were undertaking, the quality of the engagement we had with our customer base, the exposure of our services into that customer base and that network that we were working with, how we were communicating with them and who we were communicating with as well. Were we reaching into, I use an acronym called the MAN, which is not a misogynistic statement. It means means authority and need, that kind of target individual. And we were, we were we reaching the MAN in organizations instead of just a facilitator or an order processor. And so our initial strategy was really to map that network of organizations and understand who we were working with and what our opportunities were. Once we'd achieved that, we then built a team. We then built a a sales team whose job it was to be the face of the business. And the focus of that team was engagement, 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 quality engagement. And that was primarily driven through engagement, appointments, getting out on the road, meeting and greeting people, and really representing the business in a very, very proactive way through a range of of marketing and and telephony-based engagement processes. That's awesome. So you built the man process or figured out the man, the all that before you built the team and scaled it up. How did you go about figuring that out? Was it you like 
going in and talking to people and all this. Let's figure that out. Very much. It's all about good account mapping. Any good sales strategy needs research. I started out my sales career in a telesales position in a classic call center, calling on behalf of companies like NTL and British Gas and businesses such as that. And that sales strategy is chucking mud at a wall and hoping it sticks kind of attitude, which is an appallingly dated way of selling. A truly successful way of selling is to really understand the organizations you're engaging with. So you can almost pre-understand or premeditate the pains and the challenges that they have. So that when I find the individuals who I need to be engaging with, whether or not utilizing modern techniques such as LinkedIn now, which is obviously a phenomenal tool, networking into organizations and similar I know what I'm going to be talking about with that individual. I can go on their website. I can look at their missions, their values. You read their blogs, talk about their articles of the successes and challenges they have within their organization. All that key research, I personally think is absolutely essential if you want to build a partnership with a business. Because I think there's a distinct difference between developing a partnership and being a supplier to an organization. And that's one of the things as a business we are very paramount in doing because we're a non-profit. People pay, our customers pay to be members of Peter. And so for us to give them that return, we've got to do it on a partnership basis. So we need to understand what they're doing. And it's no good just walking into a business saying, tell me about your business, because they're going to turn around and say, go and do your homework and make the effort. So it's absolutely essential. So when we went through that kind of man process to understand who our individuals were, it wasn't just getting names off LinkedIn. It was understanding motivators, challenges, difficulties, values, mission statements, all that around those businesses. And also understanding the industries that they work in and what are the industry challenges and difficulties they have. Because a good salesman should be able to understand the challenges and the industry and the sector and, and have that kind of commercial acumen to hold a peer-to-peer -peer conversation with individuals. And that's the direction we very much took when we developed that sales team with that kind of motivational drive. That's awesome. So you really dove in, understood these challenges or understood these organizations. And then you said, all right, we got this stuff locked down. Let's build a team around it. Let's scale that up. What did that initially look like? Did you teach all this stuff to those team members that initially joined or what was that team building process look like? It was, so I'm very lucky prior to being with Peter, I spent 10 years in the recruitment industry. So I knew what I was looking for. I had a really good idea what I was looking for in regards to bringing people into the business. And I wanted to, I didn't want to bring classically trained sales professionals. And let me define that. Your classically, sales your classically trained sales professional would be potentially a transmitter of a message, a pitcher. I think is possibly one of the best ways to describe that classically. You get taught a pitch. You go out and pitch people ideas and concepts. I wasn't really looking for that kind of person. What I wanted was I wanted a consultative partner, an individual with good business acumen who could sit and have peer-to-peer -peer conversation with senior directors in big multinational organizations. So I don't, those people don't want to be pitched. So when I went out to recruit these individuals, I brought them in with the confidence that they had commercial acumen and capability. So it wasn't an easy process to go through, but I brought some good people as well as finding one or two within the organization already who came and joined the team, which was obviously hugely beneficial as well. And then we decided to go out with a strategic process of engaging with organizations to make sure we have that level of conversation, not phoning people up saying, what's your training needs for next year? Which is, which is no good. There's no good just going out and going, I'm just going to transmit because then you just sound like every other cold call or every other email or every other LinkedIn message that you get. And there are hundreds everyone gets every single year. Yeah, we're offering XYZ, please buy it today type of thing, which you don't want to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real challenge, isn't it?
Yeah, exactly. So we figured out the dove in deep on needs, pain points, challenges. Then you built a team to get that out there. And then let's talk about the outbound prospecting, door knocking, calling aspect of this. So you can help these companies. You can drive value for them, but you got to get them in the channel of communication. How do you go about doing that? I think this is something that I have, I'm quite passionate about actually, is I think that there's a, there's a loss of a skill set in the sales industry and COVID hasn't helped. Touch words, the pandemic is slowly fading into history, but the pandemic hasn't helped where there's been this massive rise in email marketing and email communication. And I actually looked over the last, and I've just done an average over the last three weeks, I've received six emails a day about in regards to email marketing just over the last couple of weeks. And unfortunately, they all blend into the same poor sort of five line, this is me, this is my product, can I book an appointment to talk to you about it? And that isn't sales, that's marketing. And I think what's happening in the marketplace at the moment is you're tending to see this decline of the recognition of the need of person-to-person engagement. So I'm a very, very big driver of telephone engagement, events, webinars, going door knocking if you have to, all of those kind of motivations because sales is about a person-to-person engagement. Now, if you think about marketing, that's very much kind of informs people of what an organization does, tries to drive attraction through mass generic messaging. Whereas I think sales is quite different. Sales kind of tailors sort of values the companies and companies that can offer solutions to a specific need. You can only do that on a, on an individual communication or, or discord basis. So you've got to have a conversation between two people and email marketing can't achieve that. So what's, what frustrates me is I see so many sales operations that just now have almost discarded that sales strategy of, right, go and pick up the phone to that individual, have a conversation with them. Oh no, I'll send them an email instead. No, pick up the phone to that individual and have an engagement, have a conversation. So when I built my strategy, it was very much around that. That's how I built my career. I, I remember years ago, my target was I used to sell into car dealerships, franchise car dealerships. Uh, I used to sell chemicals into dealerships. And my target was to get out and knock on 15 to 20 doors a day and get appointments, walk into managing directors' doors and get appointments to come back and do presentations to him. Now, that just doesn't happen in this day and age. And I don't understand why, because it's an incredibly effective way of getting in front of individuals. So when my guys are going out and they're going out on appointment and they've got an appointment with a big engineering firm on an industrial estate, I'll encourage them before they go, right, find out who the other organizations are in that industrial estate, learn a little bit about them, find the key decision makers that are going to be there. Go and knock on their doors whilst they're there. Go and have a chat with the reception. Just ask if Dave's available for a quick chat. You'd be surprised how phenomenally successful it actually is for an extra 30, 40 minutes effort. So that that was very much the driver that I had when I built the sales team. It's very much recognizing that those classic strategies are still incredibly effective. But what I also then pointed out was it's also essential to recognize that modern technology also can complement them hugely. They've all got LinkedIn. They all use LinkedIn hugely. I use a number of add-ons, add-ons like Octopus and similar to drive audiences and connectivity in regards to LinkedIn, use them as research tools and similar. So it's not just about banging the telephones for three, four hours a day, because that's not hugely effective. It's about research, understanding your target market, understanding the people you want to get hold of, and then specifically honing in on those individuals using a number of different mediums. I love that. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, I was out at a customer meeting and we're out at this meeting. And I was curious that they had a neighbor that was a big manufacturing company. And 
I'm like, you know what? I've, I, it probably makes sense to see if we could go over there too and whatnot. So I remember we looked up on LinkedIn, like who maybe our stakeholders over there would be. And we just walked across the street and we're like, hey, is so-and-so like around? And we, long story short, we chatted with them for five minutes and they invited us back the following week for a thing they had going on and it was perfect timing and then they became a customer. So it's it's amazing this stuff they can, you just go a little old school, it works. It's difficult because I don't want to generalize the generation coming through into the workplace. But I think if you look at the way that I'm 43 years old, so I look at the 20, late 20 year old and the younger generation now, and I look at that younger generation and their communication style isn't telephone based. You communicate a lot more based on text messaging and text based communication. So I think we do have a generation coming through that are a little bit phonophobic and have that have that element of potentially fear of rejection, which is obviously the one of the reasons why people don't cold call in the first place. If I stand in front of someone and I pitch someone, I've got that fear of rejection. If I text you and you don't text back, I don't have to suffer that fear. So it's very much combating that and overcoming that and getting people to realize that actually face-to-face or at least verbal-to-verbal communication is still, in my opinion, probably one of the most effective ways of business to business sales obviously behind referrals which is always the best one isn't it to be fair absolutely yeah and it is an art form i'm our ceo but i still make some cold calls here and there and all that and it's uh, it's fun you know when you get on the phone and there's the right fit and all this and it works out it's very rewarding absolutely and i think one of the things is cold calling sometimes and not just to define cold calling but Telephone-based sales sometimes gets a bad rap. And it's call centers and similar where it's that kind of that mass numbers, chucking mud at a wall, fingers crossed it sticks kind of mentality that sometimes does get it, give it a bad rep. But I also think it's when people don't approach it in the right way and people don't realize that you've got to do your homework first. You've got to specifically target organizations. And you've also then got to make sure that it is a dialogue not a monologue. And I think that's one of the things we talk about a lot within my, in my operation is talking about dialogue, not monologue. Yeah, it's that classic sort of selling, not telling kind of language. So we use Simon Sinek a lot. We quote Simon Sinek a huge a lot and his golden circle mentality of, of conversing about why, not how and what. So if any of your listeners haven't seen Simon Sinek's stuff on YouTube, I'd certainly endorse having a look at it because if you go out talking about your why, people are fascinated by your why. Whereas if you go out and tell people what you are, you just sound like every other marketeer and salesperson that's banging on about their business and how fantastic they are, features and benefits, features and benefits kind of attitude. Absolutely. This has been great. Any last closing remarks, words of advice, words of wisdom? If I was, I know I do a lot of sort of talks for sales and sales leaders. If I was going to focus on anything that I know makes a successful sales team, first and foremost is referrals. That's a lost art. If we think, if we're talking about sort of telephone sales being a data art, referrals is a lost art. And that is undoubtedly the best way of gaining business. And it's actually getting your customers to be your ambassadors. And usually your customers are your customers because they're pleased with what you do. So use them as your ambassadors. And then secondly, make sure that if you're going if you're going to do any kind of sales strategy or sales communication, do your homework first. Don't go around chucking mud at walls. Target businesses you know are going to benefit from what you offer. Now, it does take a little bit longer, but the return you get is so much more powerful than that chucking mud at a wall and hoping it sticks kind of mentality. Absolutely. Well, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing all this great wisdom and advice. I really appreciate it. No problems, Brad. Thanks very much. Cheers.